0: Hello and welcome to the Glamptuary Podcast, where we talk about the experiential outdoor hospitality industry and glamping. I'm your host, Bobby Marsden. We are in episode 15 of season two of the Glamptuary Podcast with Etienne White and Heartsong Farm. This is Etienne's last episode in her single story arc. We are finally at the end of her journey where she has official bookings. And in this episode, we are going to hear all about how they went for both her guests and for Etienne. Etienne will also talk about the future plans that she has for Heartsong Farm. So without further ado, let's dive in to episode 15 of season two of the Glantuary podcast with Etienne White and Heartsong Farm. Hi, Etienne.
1: Hi.
0: Well, here we are. Last we spoke, you had some official bookings I'm assuming they have now had the pleasure of staying with you in your cheese cabin on your farm. Tell us all about it. How was that experience for you? What kind of feedback did they give you? Tell us all about it. We we, were excited to hear.
1: Yeah, it was um, overall fantastic and really wonderful meeting new people and hosting them here. So overall, it was fantastic. Um, Our first booking though, I will say um, there was, uh, I had called the contractor back. There's some, paneling in the cabin and there were some seams in there that I really wasn't liking how they looked. And so I had called him back and asked him if he could kind of fix those. And the way that we fixed them is we just got some pine wood that we can use as trim to kind of cover over. And actually I must give a quick shout out here to a fantastic um, product that I found during this experience too. It's a polyurethane. It's more natural and more sustainable. It's out of Vermont and it's called Polyway, W-H-E-Y. It's actually a cheese byproduct, um, And so that felt very appropriate <laughs> too, to be using in the cabin. So we just were out there real quick and I was, you know, polying, uh, polyurethaning or poly weighing these uh, pine pieces. And then he was putting them up in the cabin just so that those seams were covered. And that was the day that our guests were arriving. And they had given me their time that they were arriving. I'd given them a recommendation of a place they could go before, which they also loved, um, a great sustainable cafe nearby. Um, but they showed up two and a half hours early. And so, <laughs> The contractor was still in there with his, you know, air gun and pieces of wood and his saw was outside. And they just kind of showed up and I was like, oh my goodness, this is not going to go well. And honestly, they would have been very within their rights to say, you know, we want a refund and we're getting out of here. And, you know, is this even ready? Um, And they were so gracious and so lovely and so chill and beyond accommodating. And they said, you know, we're not in a rush to like get in the cabin. tell us about your trails. We'll go walking on the trails. And so they went for a walk on the farm trails and then they hung out for a little bit. We have this really sweet little screen porch with a daybed swing in it. Um, that's exclusively for the guests too. And so they hung out there for a little bit. And then finally we were ready. Um, because of course the, because the contractor had been in there, you know, I had none of my bedding in there, nothing was set up. So now we're like marching over there with mattresses, like right in front of them. It was so embarrassing and they were just so amazing about it just beyond amazing um and of course I've offered them you know a complimentary uh night stay whatever else they'd like to and they really loved the area they definitely want to come back but um but they were just so lovely and accommodating I couldn't have asked for nicer kinder guests and then they took a great interest in the farm too and so I talked to them about the sheep and you know how we're raising the sheep how we're rewilding this land how we're trying to be regenerative and that felt really good. She also um, is trying to move her job into a more sustainable job within the company she's working in. And um, and her boyfriend is a a foodie and runs his own restaurant. So it was just really fantastic. I was a little nervous when it came down to it about, am I really going to have, you know, the public at my home, albeit not in my house? And they were just the loveliest first guests to just put all those kind of fears and worries or shyness, you know, away. So they were perfect. And then um, they stayed one night and then we got a sort of three in the afternoon booking the next day because you can instant book um, for someone else coming. And they were a couple also from Chicago who came up to watch the meteor shower. They had a beautiful clear night in Chicago. They have just light pollution and they wouldn't have seen any of it. Um, So they, I have a little fire ring and some little Adirondack chairs set up outside and they set up with a fire till two in the morning. Um, And they said that, you know, at peak, it was just meteor after meteor, it was almost like fireworks. And they said it was really magical. So that was fantastic getting to, you know, provide a a space and a place out in nature where they could, um, you know, stargaze, basically. And so overall, it was just amazing. But there were definitely some lessons, right? So you know, as an existing Airbnb owner, I knew I needed to stock my kitchen well. I knew I needed to have the, you know, the cheese grater, the garlic press, you know, all the sort of little things. And so I felt like I was covered on all of that. Um, but there were a couple of things that I didn't factor. So the folks who came to Stargaze uh, actually arrived closer to nine o'clock at night and they hadn't eaten. Um, and they figured that they could just get a DoorDash or something. Um, and we don't we don't have DoorDash, we don't have Uber Eats. We don't have uber we don't have lyft you really are 20 minutes drive from anything sort of food wise or that city folks might call civilization um and so i had offered them some you know some pieces that i might have had on hand which they didn't want to do um and we ended up calling a a local kind of bar and grill and they kept the kitchen open for them and we phoned the order in and then they went and got it so that worked out but that was a An eye opener for me was that I am dealing or going to be dealing with lots of city folks who may not know how rural communities work. You know, a lot of restaurants around here, their kitchens will close at 8 p.m. on a Saturday night. so, (laughs) um, so, So anyway, so I'll probably end up putting I haven't done it yet, but I'll put some notes on my listing about that and just let people know to sort of plan ahead and eat before they get here. Also, it was a little bit weird having people arrive at almost dark. So I'll probably um, be really firm now on, you know, if you're coming, you need to check in by a certain time, Um, just daylight hours, you know. Um, So that was another sort of learning there. And then one last learning um, is flashlights. It's a 300 feet walk from the cabin to the house. And I do have some little solar lights dotted around, but I've tried to be really careful about not putting too many out again for the wildlife. I don't really want to start my own little light pollution here. And I don't want to confuse, you know, deer and or even nighttime critters. So I've done that in a few places, but there isn't a really clear kind of, you know, path to march that's lit. And so I think I'm just going to give people little mini flashlights in um, in the cabin um, and that 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 should work well.
0: Maybe you can find some you know, flashlights shaped in the cheese no. that that shoots a beam <laughs> of light out or something.
1: They'll definitely have to be yellow. I can find some yellow ones. I'm sure of that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> One thing you, I think you said there that's very interesting is the type of people that would be considering staying in a cheese wedge or, or just coming to an OMG category type listing. And And generally, I think those people are more explorer types. And so they're probably going to be more open-minded, I would imagine, for the most part, whether they're looking to stargaze or whether they're looking to experience a farms day. And so I'm not totally surprised that they were more forgiving, you know, with the first couple.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously I don't want to be that behind schedule <laughs> on anything ever again. Um I <laughs> you know, to to be fair, they had arrived earlier, but still, you know, um but yeah, no, I they especially, you know, they have this sort of sustainability mindset. And so that to me was just so heartening um you know i've i've talked before about climate grief when we work in this sustainability sphere it is an ongoing practice to manage your own personal climate grief because we are exposed to all of the data all of the science um and seeing that you know we've already transgressed 7 of the 9 planetary boundaries yeah. you know this is sort of the world that we work in and um and it's really hard to to stay hopeful and there's no you can't just kind of hold on to hope no matter what. And, you know, because that can very quickly turn into a sort of toxic positivity, actually. It's almost like you have to move through the most awful bits about what we're going through, find some acceptance, and then say, even if this doesn't work, even if our species is facing certain extinction, here is what I can do, this is the difference I can make. And so it can be really hard work and it can be really lonely work, and so even just having two people that are in their own lives uh, forging ahead in sustainability that are interested in getting out and seeing what a small scale farming operation that is trying to be regenerative and heal the land at the same time looks like. It was so heartening to me. And so actually, I <laughs> have to not tear up here. I wasn't planning on kind of sharing this, but, you know, I went to bed that night and my soul felt more at peace than it had been before they arrived, and it just gave me hope that there are so many people out there. There is so much for us all to do, but if we all can, in our own little zone, do the piece that we feel we can contribute to, you know, use the skills that we have to try and push that boulder, you know, just slightly more up the hill, um, then then maybe you know we can mitigate against some of these awful challenges we face. And so I went to bed that night uh with hope in my heart um just for having met them and talked to them about what they're doing so yeah it was really um gratifying in that sense
0: well that's wonderful and i think that's one of the rewards hopefully that you and anyone else that would open up a glossary can experience is mm-hmm. they're creating something with a purpose in mind and generally speaking that will attract like-minded people most often And you'll get a chance to feel that there is a greater sense of hope because you'll have that sense of community.
1: Yes, it's about community and belonging. And so I think if this property and the experience that we offer here ends up providing that for others, then it will have been successful. Yeah.
0: That's wonderful. Well, speaking of the future, um, what kind of plans uh, now that you have all these stays under your belt, you're a veteran in the glamping industry. <laughs> what what kinds of things are you thinking you might want to try after a first season is done uh, maybe to enhance the options that someone could find on your property or just the experiences or what kind of thoughts that you have maybe for next season.
1: Yeah. And it's almost a a sort of typical sort of American, you know, like, okay, you did the marathon. Like, when are you running the ultra, right? Like when are you running your second marathon? And so part of me just wants to remind everyone who's listening, you know, we, especially in social media, we just see people constantly achieving and achieving, you know, I I firmly believe that rest is a radical act uh, that you really have to try and embrace because we live in a society that does not, Encourage rest. So, in the first instance, I'm just going to rest. I'm going to have some bookings come in. I'm going to see what unfolds. There was a point when, you know, when it was getting up at five in the morning and working till nine, where my children were sort of feral and it was feral and it was get from the fridge what you can for your dinner. So, I'm going to make sure I have good meals on the table for the kids now. I'm going to help get them ready for back to school. Um, So, I'm just going to rest a little bit. So, I think it's worth mentioning that. Of course, though, my mind has a gazillion, you know, ideas rolling around in there. So firstly, just based on the initial success, I definitely would like to do more cabins at the farm. The original idea was two to three and my budget, because of that driveway expense that we talked about, my budget wasn't able to stretch to that. So if I can build For myself um you know a case study that shows that it's worth it and just two visits i would say yes but i really want a kind of consistent cadence there and a consistent story being told um that i would i would have some more cabins here And then ultimately, you know, I've talked before about I have a beautiful 1873 barn here, um, which currently I'm using for, you know, the original intent. It has livestock and it has hay in it. Um, But I would really like to be able to renovate it and convert it and be able to host events here. And then I think my ultimate, ultimate dream would be to have these sort of two there's they're a little bit siloed, there's some overlap, but these two sides of my life kind of come together where I am a sustainability professional working with, you know, for-profit and non-profit organizations, helping them with storytelling through the, the climate crisis, the, the, the poly crisis that we're in right now. Um, and, then, uh, and then on the other hand, there's a regenerative farmer and I'm offering people like a hands-on lived and real experience on the farm. And I would love to bring those together. And maybe if I set up an infrastructure where I could host executive retreats at my farm so that uh, leaders can talk, you know, outside of the office environment and outside of their corporate environment about what leadership in the Anthropocene looks like, um, and help them with transformational leadership, um, opportunities, then that, that would be the dream, I think.
0: That sounds fantastic. And I'm glad to hear that you have a vision for the future. I'm also glad to hear that you're going to take some rest, well-deserved rest. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. well, I would love to conclude this, Larger journey that you've been on and that Jesse's been on, which is getting you two together. Uh, I would imagine you have a lot to talk about. Jesse also is uh, geared towards nature, immersion, sustainability, Mm -hmm. eco-friendly practices. Uh, He's certainly uh, taken a lot of steps to ensure that his property is is, uh, very eco-friendly, even coming down to the materials that he used to construct pretty much everything Mm -hmm. on site. And so I think you have a lot to talk about. So. The next episode, final episode of this season two will be having you and Jesse and myself just sit around and talk like we're chilling at a campfire and reminiscing about the adventure that you've been on and that he's been on and that I've been on and that our listeners have been on.
1: Yeah. That sounds fantastic. And I've been following his journey too and, uh, learning a lot. And I just love that he's in Wisconsin as well. So it would be, it'd be lovely to just sit there and I have, you know, already a bunch of questions I want to ask him and, uh, yeah, it'd be great to meet and to chat. Thank you for making that happen.
0: Yeah. we'll, we'll we'll dive in on the next episode. So congratulations again at the end. I'm glad everything, uh, is working out the way it is for you and go take that well-deserved rest. And then we'll see you on the next episode with Jesse.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.
0: I want to congratulate Etienne again for a successful first round of bookings. I'm sure she has many more to come in her future. And I want to give a blanket congratulations to both Etienne and Jessie for completing their journeys this summer. It's been a treat to be a part of that and follow along on their journey. We have one episode left and that is simply where we're going to get Etienne and Jessie together we're just going to sit around and have a chat about the summer. To follow along with our podcast and see that final episode, you can do so on our website, which is www.glampuary.com. Again, that is ww.g-l-amp-u-ar-y.com. You can also follow along on Apple Podcasts, Pandora Podcasts, YouTube. We don't care where you follow us. We just ask that you follow. Thanks so much for being a part of this journey. We'll see you on the final episode.